when we are clear about something, it raises that level of necessity. It's like, no, I know I need to be doing this. I will trip my way forward and that's okay, but I'm going to be going forward no matter what. If you're not conscious about your investment strategy, you won't end up where you want to be, not financially or as a human. On this show, we interview highly successful investors and share how they overcame limitations to become unstoppable forces of success. If you're ready to learn what it is to be a conscious investor so you can end up where you want, keep listening. Welcome back, Conscious Investor. Always a joy to have you back here. We're talking about time management. I assured you in the Mindset episode that I have a soapbox. This is going to be a little bit of a time management rant, but I promise you my rants are usually friendly. They're definitely not critical, but they will provide a challenge for most people I have found, especially on the topic of time management. And I also want to share with you, how do we say no in a gracious way? Because strong time management and ability to say no without burning bridges, whoa, those two things go hand in hand. Before we dive into that, I just want to end to say thank you. Genuinely conscious investor, I am genuinely grateful that you take the time to listen to this show. If you're new or this is your first time, welcome to the Conscious Investor Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here. Hit the subscribe button because you don't want to miss an episode. Next episode is not just going to be me. It will be myself and one of my amazing guests. We'll be talking on one of the topics of health, mindset, or wealth. And it's going to really support you in your growth as a conscious investor. Now, just a reminder, Conscious Investor Growth Day is coming up. It will be March 7th through 10th at the Lake Coeur d'Alene Resort in far north Idaho. So it's actually south of me. So it's about an hour and a half south of where I live. Because remember, I'm up on the Canadian border. Absolute gorgeous facility. I love that We've got this great room block. The rooms are like such a great discounted rate. I happen to love staying at the resort. It's gorgeous. It's relaxing. It's fun. And just the event center that they offer is so conducive. And it provided such a great venue for Conscious Investor Growth Day last year. People came as strangers. They left as friends. It was amazing. It was empowering. This year, we are offering 150 tickets and that's it. When they're gone, they're gone. That's all we have because by choice. By choice, we're only offering 150 tickets because we really want that deeper, richer connection. We don't just want the quick handoff business card type thing. We want people to have meaningful relationships. That's where we're conscious investors, right? Also, something new, the final thing I'd like to invite you to is that you know I'm reading constantly. I'm always reading amazing books. Most of those books, I pull quotes from. My awesome assistant creates these great little graphics that go with them. And I I was talking with my assistant recently, and I said, why don't we just put all of those graphics into something so we get into an app where we can send them out to conscious investors who just want that quick, like, oh, here's a quote of the day. Here's it. And they're rich, awesome, deep, inspirational quotes. So we've done that. So if you want in on that, then shoot me an email, theconsciousinvestorpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and we'll make sure that you get the information on how to have those quotes sent directly to you. I've put a lot of those quotes on social media platforms. We'll be doing less of that and more of just really wanting to serve you in a more personal way. Yeah, by the way, like I suppose I'll be stepping back a little bit off the social platforms and just trying to create a more intimate way to connect with people 
in a more relational way versus more of the bigger social media way. So join me for that. Lots of fun. All right. Are we ready for the rant? If you're watching on YouTube, you can tell that I've been a little bit wide-eyed and smiling most of this time. So again, friendly rant. I guess I should put rant in air quotes. Um, But all that to say, a lot of times we hear, I just don't have enough time. I'm just so busy. I'm just overworked. There just aren't enough hours in the day. Have you heard yourself saying that in the past, conscious investor? Or maybe you just said that this morning, you know, like, oh gosh, I just wish there were more time. I mean, how do we get all the kids here, there, everywhere? How do I finish all these projects? How do I get all these trips in, right? Life can feel extremely overwhelming. I'm going to be a huge bear, a spoiler here. Most of the time, we are choosing that overwhelm. We are inviting it into our life. We are over committing and overextending ourselves on a daily basis. Remember, we've talked in the past about our best yes. We've also talked about our best no, but I think this is a great refresher course. I'm going to get into the best no part in just a moment. Let's talk a little bit more about this I'm overcommitted part because it leads to excuses. It leads to um, poor performance on projects. It leads to half-done projects. It leads to things that we completely space about and we become embarrassed about. (laughs) And so we really have to guard and protect our time. What I have found, I actually wrote this down. So I'm going to quote myself. I'm not saying that this is actually a great quote, but I wrote it down because I really wanted it to be clear. And I said, It's not a time problem. It's a lack of clarity and necessity problem. So most of the time, we have all the time that we need. Again, we just are overcommitted, overextended. And we have a tendency to overcommit and overextend because we're not really clear. We don't really know what we're about. And so we find ourselves saying, Yes, sure, I'll be on that curriculum adoption committee. Uh, Yeah, sure, I will help lead fundraising efforts over here. Yeah, sure, I can write that grant. Yeah, sure, I can meet you for coffee because you want to pick my brain for this. Yeah, I absolutely, I'll get on that phone call. Do you see what I'm saying? These are actually real life things that happened to me, by the way. And we have these things that come our direction. Oh, there isn't a coach for for the basketball team. Yeah, sure. I could never say yes to that because I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, But, you know, maybe somebody says, yeah, I'll coach the basketball team. So we find ourselves in this saying all these yeses, making these commitments. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll be on that board. It's only a year long. It'll only be about 10 hours a week sure, or 10 hours a month. Yeah, sure. We find ourselves in that position on a regular basis, because we're not clear about who we are and what our deeper, greater contribution is. I know. So Julie, what do we do about this, right? How do we get this clarity? I'm so glad you have it, Julie, but what about me? I would like to have some of that. The clarity is paramount. It's one of those foundational elements. I will say when I found my clarity. It took me years, by the way, it did take me years. It was a slow path discovering that clarity. But once I discovered the clarity, it was like hopping on a, you know, whitewater raft in, you know, class four rapids. It was just like, get swept away. It's so much fun because you understand what do I need to be doing and why am I doing it? There's a purpose. Everything I do is very 
purpose-driven. Yes, I want to live a purpose-filled life. Yes, faith is important to me, you know, like, so, because that's kind of like one of those catchphrases, Christianese in a sense, you know, to live a a purpose-filled life. More than that, it's really satisfying and rewarding to live a life that you know you're on point. You know things are aligned with you. So here's some things that I would encourage you to do in an effort to gain more alignment. One, my former coach offers a vision session. I'd say a couple of times a year, he offers it for free. So if you want, you can reach out to me, the conscious investor podcast at gmail.com. You can reach out directly and say, Hey, keep me in the loop on the next vision building session. I'll make sure that you are kept in the loop on that. Okay. So you can actually go through a formal process, a formal vision building process. By the way, actually, I think you can download it and do that at home from his website. So let me double check on that. If you're interested, again, just shoot me an email and I will get you all the information that you need on that. Okay. Here's some other things that I like to do when I'm starting to look for my vision. And here is how my process was. I knew from the time I was in second grade that I wanted to be a writer, but I was scared and I discredited myself constantly along the way. When I was in 35, 36 or so, I finally got the courage to reach out to a friend who had a friend type thing. And then that led to me joining a writer's guild, right? And so I started learning to put myself in the places of discomfort. So one of the things that you can do if you're trying to figure out what is this greater contribution? What is it I really want in my life? It's like really picturing yourself and taking it, not picturing yourself. Let me back up a second. Take stock, take inventory. What is it I am drawn, deeply drawn towards? And I keep pushing this away. I keep making excuses about it. That excuse also might be, oh my gosh, that's too much fun that there's no way that could be my contribution because it brings me so much joy. So a lot of times we have this concept of whatever it is that we should be contributing should just be a chore and it should be a burden and it should be work. And wow, Brennan Burchard says very clearly in, in now I'm looking over there because I'm thinking that the book's going to speak to me. Books don't talk to you like that. Yeah, but I think it was in, in the charge. It could have been in high performance habits. Pretty sure it was a charge. And he talks about hey, if you're going to volunteer somewhere, it should bring you joy. It should bring you pleasure. Don't go volunteer and do something that you don't love. The same thing is true about this. When you're looking at your greater vision, mission, calling, what is it that brings you joy, but makes you nervous? What is it that brings you joy, but you discredit yourself about? What is it that brings you joy and you want to just spend all your time obsessing about it, but it makes you so happy that you think that's too joyful and you shouldn't? Two really important essays that I'd highly encourage you to read that kind of support this concept, right? And will help you further clarify this is Peter Drucker wrote one of my favorite books called Managing Oneself. It's one of those books. It's the size of my hand. You can read it in 90 minutes max. I remember reading it on the first sunny day a year and a half ago, I think. And Steve had made me a delicious pina colada. And I sat there and I read and enjoyed the sunshine and just this mind-blowing, simple work, but so profound. Doing what we love, there's a reason that we love it. And this is the other essay I'd highly recommend is Paul Graham's essay, How to Do Really Great Work. And in that essay, he talks about there's a reason that we're drawn towards it because to become really, truly excellent at something, 
we have to be consumed and obsessed by it. And if it's not joyful, we're going to have an aversion to it. We're not going to want to pursue it. So there's a reason why I think he even goes a step further to say that this is why somebody can be not as skilled, not as smart, not having everything stacked in their favor, and yet be far more successful. And that reason would be they're obsessed and it's a positive obsession. And so they're able to accomplish so much more. So as you're looking at your vision, you're trying to clarify things and you're trying to say, Hey, Julie, what's my deeper, greater, bigger purpose, you know, contribution, all of that. Well, Hey, let's just look at, let's just start at what brings you joy. More than likely there's something that has drawn you for years that you have put off and procrastinated and made excuses about. Uh, The next thing I'd highly recommend doing as we're looking at that vision is, you know, picturing yourself. What does that look like? Take time, put some music that just allows you to be relaxed and allows you to just be in just the calmness of your own mind and just picture yourself in those later years in life. Picture yourself looking back on your life. Just kind of come through. What do you want to look back on? What would bring you joy? Now I am saying there are some of these things that are given that are very common. Most people are going to say, Oh, you know, I want to look back and I want to see my family is there and my friends. And I want to see these. Okay. Those relationships are critical and important. So don't get me wrong, but I just want to encourage you to look at the other areas beyond those relationships, beyond kind of the normal type things that most people want. What is it that's unique to you that you would like to see in your life? Okay. As we do this, as we gain more clarity, that has this really great relationship with necessity. So as we're clear about what it is that we want to pursue, Now we're gaining this higher, greater level of necessity. Like, no, I really have to do this. For me, right? How many episodes are we in on the podcast now? I mean, 425, I suppose at this point, right? So when we are clear about something, it raises that level of necessity. It's like, no, I know I need to be doing this. I will trip my way forward and that's okay. But I'm gonna be going forward no matter what. Hey, conscious investor. Often the well-intentioned hard wiring of our past prevents us from moving forward at full capacity. We doubt ourselves. We remind ourselves of who we were told we were instead of discovering who we were created to be. We lack courage to move into the life we're meant to lead. And often, instead of stepping into our full potential, many find themselves living a masked life, concerned with other people's expectations and opinions of their lives. Conscious performance coaching clients discover their potential is far more than they anticipated. Through conscious performance coaching, you will connect with your potential, gain lasting momentum, collapse your timelines, and well, hey, every day feels like play. Stop playing small and step into your full potential. Join the ranks of those who have stepped into their dreams, launched successful businesses, and become unstoppable forces of success. Click the link in the show notes and apply for a free coaching session today. So think about that. What are some of the things in life you would like to trip your way forward? Now, some people respond well to what is going to happen. What's the fallout if I don't do this? And that's a really important question to ask yourself. I've actually asked myself that question about things like, what if, well, think about this. I mean, I've changed and pivoted careers more than once. And so going from public education into full-time real estate investing and not being split between the two and having that clarity, right? 
That's a huge thing. Why did I need to do that? I needed to do that because the importance of being able to serve investors in a very, like, you have my full attention sort of way was more important to me than having a split in my concentration, a split in my focus and a split in my attention. I didn't want something to fall through the cracks. I wanted to make sure I could provide the highest caliber of care, connectedness, and um, opportunity. Okay, great. That raised my level of necessity. If I didn't do that, what would happen? Wow, you know, things could fall through the cracks. Maybe they don't have the best opportunities available to them. I'm limited on the amount of opportunities I can offer. And if I limit those opportunities, then that's not going to be helping those investors make the advancements they're trying to make in their future. So we start looking at what is this actually, how does this play out? And then we think on the bright side, what does this do for me? So we want to look at, you know, when I'm looking at investments, I'm always looking at this. Okay. What's the base case? What's the worst case? And then what's the blue sky? What's the beautiful rainbows, unicorns, leprechauns, all of that? What does that look like? By the way, when I'm looking at investments, the blue sky is not where we're looking. We're always like, okay, let's mitigate the risk. Let's make sure the risk is being mitigated because we never want to see worst case scenario, right? So, but it's important to be agile in our thinking so that we're going between as we're thinking about our life. So we're really thinking about those different elements and figuring out internally, what is going to serve you? Is it better for you to be, you know, focused on raise your level of necessity when you utilize and leverage fear, the fear of, I don't want this to happen. Or are you more motive, motivated by the carrot? Like, oh yes, I want this to happen and I will run miles and I will do everything to bring this about, right? So understanding who you are and what makes you tick is really critical in this and supportive. By the way, although I wouldn't say there's a right way or a wrong way, fear is a really interesting topic. We've spoken about it in past episodes. I'd highly recommend that you go back and listen to some of the episodes on fear because You can leverage fear for your benefit. We also never want to be overwhelmed by fear. Uh, So once we take these things, time management is no longer a problem, right? So if we have clarity and we have necessity, now we're saying the best yes, and we're only saying yes to the things that align with what we're trying to do. Interesting way that this is playing out right now and how we can say a gracious no. Recently, I was invited and I'm so grateful. I just, I'm always grateful when I am considered and thought of. Recently, I was invited to, you know, sit on a curriculum adoption committee. That's really important. And it happens to be in my favorite subject, which is English language arts. I have a background in education. It's my favorite subject, you know. They're going to be adopting this new curriculum. My daughter is at that school. There's so many big factors in that. So many reasons it's like, oh, that'd be yes. But I asked a really important question. What's the timeline? I'm very interested in this. I would love to support. What's the timeline? Well, the meetings are going to take place. And the very first date of the meeting, I had just been emailing with somebody. I'm like, oh man. Okay, that first day I'm actually presenting information to a virtual investment group to support them in their investment journey. That is an important contribution in my opinion. Uh, so I'm like, gosh, I, I'd missed that. How much time are we looking? You know, I was, I was asking her like, how long are these meetings? How much time are we looking at outside of that? I needed to gain a scope of all this information so that I could know. I'm definitely interested. I love to serve in that capacity. 
I need to ensure that I'm guarding and protecting all the other things I've already committed to that are completely aligned with the dreams, goals, aspirations, and desires. Ultimately, I also said, when do you need to know? Because I don't need to make a pressured decision. If I need to make a pressured decision, it's probably going to be a no. And you're welcome to adopt that. Making decisions, um, most decisions made under like pressure, especially if they're new. And most of the time, we just need to pause, think, reflect, double check our calendar, double check the family calendar, see what's going on, right? In this process, I did say no. And so somebody mentioned to me recently, and they said, wow, you're, you have a really good way of saying no. I'm like, okay. And the person said, I, I've seen you say no many times. And you're really like, you just have a nice way of saying no without saying no, really. And I'll take that as a compliment. And so I want to share with you just a couple of very quick things that I have found to be helpful. First of all, it's always a position of gratitude, right? So when I said no to this curriculum adoption opportunity, which I was hesitant about, but I also knew I needed to protect commitments I'd already made. I actually had to leave a voicemail, which breaks my heart. But that message was, you know, like, hey, thank you so much. I'm grateful you thought of me. I would love to serve in this capacity. Right now, I have already committed to some other things, you know, and there's just going to be a conflict on the calendar. I don't think that I'd be able to, you know, provide the greatest value to that committee at this time. So, and then I also added on there in the future, because by the way, this was a short runway type thing. There wasn't a a lot of time between the, hey, would you like to do this and the first meeting? And so I said, you know, in the future, if there are opportunities like this, I'd love to be considered again. And the more time I have, the more time I would love to bake it into my schedule so that I can have that commitment there. So I've done a few things, right? I said, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity. I said, no, I gave a brief explanation, which is never, I don't feel like that's ever anyone's business or necessary, but you know, that could be good. And then I just opened the door up for future opportunities as well. If sometimes I'm saying no, and it's a a people thing where somebody wants my services. For example, if someone comes to me and they're like, they say, wow, you know, Julie, um, would you consider bringing me on as a coaching client? And if I don't have bandwidth, you know, on my coaching calendar, because I only take a select number of, you know, coaching clients at a given time. And that number is like shrinking and shrinking and shrinking um, in the sense of intentionally shrinking because I really want to be present with those coaching clients and with my investors. Uh, And so I will actually refer them out. So I was like, wow, you know, um, unfortunately, I don't have space right now on my coaching calendar. However, I think this coach or this coach would be a really great fit for you. Would you like an introduction? Now they get to decide if they want it or not want it. And it's completely in their court. But that's such a powerful way. And that's the power of having a strong network and knowing the people in your network, knowing what their skills and abilities are, knowing what their offerings are so that you can, oh, wait, oh, you want me to do that? Not in my wheelhouse. Let me tell you about one of my good acquaintances who, and wow, now you get have an opportunity to just make those connections for people. And it's so much fun. So saying no is actually providing a lot of opportunity for other people to make strong connections. And you get the joy of making those introductions along the way. So don't be afraid to say no. If something is not aligned with your dreams, goals, your aspirations, and your desires, you want that calendar to be reflecting the life. When somebody looks at that calendar, it's like, that was a life well lived. That person was on point. I can see the direction that person was going. Wow, 
look how long this person was on this journey. This is so amazing, right? So if this isn't going to be part of that, what if somebody looks back at your calendar and they're like, wow, this person was like taking, this is like a dirt road that was going all over the place and it never really culminated to anything. If we really want to culminate just a really great life's work, it is going to be niching down and refining Okay, that sounds scary, but we can't become really exceptional great unless we're really focused. Okay, so you have all the time in the world when you're focused on what you know you need to be focused on. If you're trying to be focused and be the everything person, you will never have all the time in the world. You will always be in a deficit of time and that could lead to a lot of physical exhaustion, a lot of unnecessary stress. And it's just not a life that you have to lead. It's okay for you to say, no, that's not in my wheelhouse, but wow, I know that's going to be in somebody else's wheelhouse. And isn't that exciting? I think that's so exciting that someone else is going to fill a role. And we don't have to be that person to be the everything person to fill the role. All right, Conscious Investor, I appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with me during this session. You know, if this resonated with you in some capacity, would you please leave an honest rating or review? If you're on iTunes, you just scroll all the way down. You go to the main Conscious Investor page. You scroll all the way down and to the very, very bottom. And it will say ratings and reviews. That's where you can read what other people have written. And that's a lot of fun. But in tiny purple letters, it usually says, write a review. Go ahead, choose that. Please write a review. Please leave an honest rating because it makes all the difference in the world in how the show is reaches other people, especially in the competitive podcast space, the ever-growing, ever-enhancing place. So I appreciate you, Conscious Investor. And until next time, live big, love bigger, and do great things. Are you enjoying this episode? Help spread the word by sharing the episode with a friend or family member. Because really, where would any of our lives be without other people sharing great content with us? Help spread the word by sharing on your social platforms and with those you care about. And remember, tag me at Happy Julie Holly.